You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Good morning, everybody. What an absolute joy it is to be with you on Easter Sunday. Now, I know none of us expected to have this sort of Easter Sunday, but it is still a joy to be connecting together. And it is my privilege this morning to share with you the Word of God. I'm so encouraged that although we are in some form of uh, social isolation, the Word of God is not chained. And I am so delighted that although we cannot meet together, The Word of God declares that He is with us wherever we are. Even when there's just a handful of us gathered together in our living room, in our bedrooms, uh, wherever we are watching this broadcast, actually the Lord is with us. And of course it is Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday and the resurrection is still the resurrection even with uh, COVID-19 knocking around. He is still the Lord and it's my joy and privilege to encourage you this morning from the Word of God. So I want to read something from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I'm just going to read a section of it. Uh, I would encourage you later on today perhaps to read the whole chapter yourself because it sets the resurrection conversation up in glorious context. But I'm just going to read a few verses and share from that uh, this morning. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and I'll pick it up at verse 12. Just a few verses and this is Paul writing and he says this, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how could some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. What an incredible A passage of scripture Paul gives us there because he's holding up something that is uniquely at the center of the Christian message and experience. You see, we as followers of Jesus have a unique message around Jesus. We believe that God became flesh in the person of Jesus. We believe that Jesus lived a sinless life. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for the sin of the world And we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, that he's now ascended with the Father uh, in heaven. And one day we believe Jesus will come again. Every single thing I've just said there is a unique representation of the Christian message. It's a unique idea that is at the heart of the Christian community. And what holds it all together is this idea that Jesus didn't just die, but Jesus rose from the dead. And what's really interesting is that Paul is almost in this passage playing with the idea of what if Jesus didn't rise from the dead? He's almost reversing the argument and and suggesting, well, if he didn't rise from the dead, then. 
And I'm going to, this morning, follow his logic a little bit. And I'm going to highlight uh, sort of some of the questions that would, would be answered if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. What if there was no resurrection this morning? Because if there was no resurrection this morning, you and I would just be part of a religious community. There would be nothing dynamic or distinctive about us. We would just be a group of people with a particular idea in our head. But it is the resurrection that makes us distinct as a Christian community. And it's into that I want to speak this morning. So here's a couple of ideas that I want to encourage you with. Paul, first of all, says this. If there was no resurrection, then we would have no message. We would have nothing to say. Now, verse 14 really highlights that for us. He says this, if there's no resurrection, our preaching is useless. Interesting word there, uh, useless. It literally points to the idea of something being empty. Imagine someone buying you a present and and they wrap it up and there's a beautiful bow on the top and you uh, untie the bow and rip off the paper and open up the box and inside the box there is nothing. It's empty. That's the idea of the word Paul uses here. He's essentially saying this, that if there's no resurrection, the Christian community has a present to offer that looks amazing. It's got beautiful wrapping on it. It's got a gorgeous bow on the top. But when people open it, there is nothing inside. In other words, our words could be spectacular and charismatic and loud and amazing and attractive. But if there's no substance to those words, then those words leave our world empty. Paul is saying to us that without the resurrection, we have nothing but empty words. And of course, with what's going on around us, my goodness, social media, the world around us, it's been a noisy place. There have been lots and lots of words. But into the noise, the Christian community has a distinct and unique message to offer that of the resurrection of Jesus. And it's the resurrection of Jesus. It doesn't just give uh, substance to our words, but it gives substance to the claims of Christ that he can be the savior of the world. We're not just offering a present that's empty. We're offering something that is full and powerful. And we're able to do that because of the resurrection of Jesus. And that's an important and powerful idea for us. The Bible declares that the words of God are the power of God unto salvation. That actually these words we proclaim are God's power to change our world. They're not empty. They are full of his power and his authority. And they are full of that power and authority because Jesus has risen from the dead. So that's the first idea. The second idea Paul gives us is this. He says, if there's no resurrection, then we've no purpose. We have nothing to live for. Look at verse 17. He says these words, if there's no resurrection, your faith is futile. Your faith is futile. Interesting word there, futile. We could think of the picture of fruitlessness behind that. It's the idea that our faith is not producing any fruit. It's not producing anything that people can see and feel and touch. It's just an idea. It's just a philosophy. It's just a thought process. But but actually, Paul is saying that ideas alone aren't going to save the world. He's saying philosophy alone isn't going to change 
people's lives. What will change them is the power of the resurrection fruit in our lives. If I went out to my garden and planted an apple tree, I want apples from it. If I just want a pretty tree, I'll just plant another tree. But if I want apples, I will plant an apple tree and I expect apples from that tree. And if the apple tree doesn't produce apples, I will be disappointed. But that's Paul's argument with the resurrection. Paul is actually saying to us that the Christian community has the power to be fruitful because of the resurrection of Jesus. That actually, we're not just pretty trees. We're not just standing there one voice among many. We're not just a clever philosophy or a bunch of amazing ideas. But we have at the heart of our community a reality that Jesus is alive. Jesus himself said of himself, I am the resurrection and the life. And we get this incredible idea that Jesus is himself the fruit of this resurrection idea. In fact, Paul describes Jesus as, in, in terms of his resurrection as the first fruit from the dead. He is the fruit. He is the ultimate expression that God has the power over death, that God has the power over that which we fear and are anxious about. And Jesus rose from the dead and became the first fruits of that resurrection and our lives can be dynamically fruitful in this life because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us and the same resurrection life that is in Christ is in us. Because of the resurrection we can be fruitful. Here's the third idea for you. Paul says if there's no resurrection then we have no hope. We have nothing to look for. Verse 19, he says two things. I'm going to separate the two things out for you. The first thing he says this, he says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ. Now he says something else which I'll come to in a moment, but I want to just pause there. If only for this life. My goodness, if corona has shown us anything, it's shown us how flimsy and how unreliable some of the things we thought were absolutely solid. It has shaken our society, it's shaken community, it's shaken the banking system, it's shaken food, it's shaken everything in our world. People are genuinely anxious and afraid. Why? Because a lot of the things they look around them and think are solid and firm and secure and won't be shaken, actually uh, this little virus has shaken the world in a way that has truly made us realise how vulnerable we are into, and I'm not ignoring the seriousness of corona, but into, into the reality of corona, the resurrection speaks. And the resurrection says to me and you, this is not it. The stuff we see and feel and touch, uh, our, our mortgages, our, our bank accounts, uh, the stuff we're accumulating, uh, as important as all of that stuff is, and I enjoy that stuff too, uh, the resurrection says that is not it. This is not it. This is not everything. Enjoy it while you've got it, but hold it lightly because all the stuff we see around us is passing away. If it's, if it's shiny and beautiful and sparkles, it's only shiny, beautiful, sparkly dust. That's what Paul is saying in the light of the resurrection. Later on, he would write to the same church and he would say to them, fix your eyes not on what is temporal, but what is eternal? Why? Because what is temporal is passing away. But what is eternal? 
will last forever. And Paul is encouraging us to have an eternal perspective because of the resurrection. We understand that because Jesus rose from the dead, this physical life at some point will come to an end, but the eternal life that he has purchased through his death and resurrection will never end. And in the midst of the chaos of corona, I am reminded this morning, resurrection morning, that actually this is not it. And that the resurrection speaks into my it. It speaks into my money. It speaks into my mortgage. It speaks into my job. It speaks into my stuff. And it says, John, listen, as good as all of this is, it's not it. But there is a life beyond this, more important than this, even, dare I say it, more real than this. And the resurrection gives us that hope. Here's the last idea that I'll leave you with. Paul says, if there's no resurrection, then you and I, the Christian community, are no different from anyone else. In fact, he's saying there is nothing to distinguish us. Now, he says that in verse 19. He says, if for only in this life we have hope, then, then he concludes this by saying this, we are to be pitied more than all men. Wow. And Paul says, if there is no resurrection and the Christian community believes there's a resurrection, then we really are deluded and we're to be pitied. Why? Because we're believing in something that is empty. We're believing in something that is fruitless. We're believing in something that has a shelf life that actually uh, at the end of this life, there is nothing. And therefore, we're hoping for something that is simply a fantasy and a pipe dream. And Paul says, if that's the case, if there is no resurrection, my goodness, you, me, we are to be pitied more than anyone because we're living in a delusion. But actually, by a juxtaposition, Paul is arguing that actually, if there is a resurrection, then we're not to be pitied, we are to be envied. What a powerful idea that is for us. A few years ago, my father passed away and uh, he had been ill for a little while. And um, uh, on the particular day that he passed away, the nurse came round to see him. He was at home and my mother was looking after him. And the nurse was just seeing to him uh, routine stuff. And as she was attending him, he was standing up at the time. He sort of went dead weight. My mother tells this story. And, and so the nurse said, just, just put him down on the floor. So they set him on the floor very gently. And then he continued to be sort of dead weight. So they laid him down on the floor of his living room. And my mother relays the story so powerfully. She said, your father looked at me and he smiled. Then he looked at the ceiling above him and he smiled and then he was gone. In fact, he went so quickly and he so, so peacefully that the nurse was shocked. The nurse didn't even realise he was gone. The nurse just thought he was sleeping and he had passed away. He had, he had gone. He had gone. Uh, and, uh, and as my mother shared that story to me and as I think about that story today on Resurrection Sunday, it really speaks to me because if there is no resurrection then that story is just the story of a man who lived and who died and that's it it's over it's gone his experience is ended but if there is a resurrection if there is a resurrection then the last face my father looked at on earth was the face of his wife the woman he adored for over 50 years but the first face he saw 
was the face of Jesus, that he left his living room and entered the banqueting room of the Lord Jesus Christ because of the resurrection. Paul says that we, when we die, we are absent from the body and we are present with the Lord. Paul is saying, if there is no resurrection, we are to be pitied. But he's actually arguing because there is a resurrection, we are to be envied, envied because we have a hope. My father went from his living room to the banqueting room. He went from the love of his life on earth to the love of his heart in eternity. Why? Because of the resurrection. Because Jesus is alive. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And because Jesus lives, we live. As in Adam, all people die. So in Christ, all have been made alive. And so the resurrection says... Our lives are not empty, they're full. We have a fullness because he has risen from the dead. The resurrection says our lives are not futile. They are fruitful because Jesus is alive and he lives in each one of us. The resurrection declares that we have a hope not just in this life, but we have a hope for all eternity. We have something beyond right now. And the resurrection declares that we are not to be pitied. We are to be envied. We're to be envied today in the midst of corona, in the midst of crisis, in the midst of financial and physical meltdown. You and I, as followers of Jesus, are to be envied. Why? Because Jesus didn't just die. Jesus rose from the dead. Let me let me conclude with this thought. If Jesus had only died, he would be a martyr. And the world has millions of martyrs. It doesn't really need too many more. But because Jesus rose from the dead, he's not a martyr, he's a savior. And because he rose from the dead, he has become my savior. Hopefully he has become your savior. And he has the power to become the saviour of the world. Because in Christ, death lost its grip. And death has lost its thing. So today, on this unusual, weird and wonderful Easter Sunday, when we're not doing what we normally thought we would do, when we're not gathered in the way that we thought we would gather and celebrate the resurrection in the way we thought we would celebrate it, let me encourage you right where you are. Celebrate. The fact that Jesus not only died, but that he rose from the dead and that his resurrection life lives in you. Lord Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters in CLM Coventry that you will bless them, encourage them, inspire them and uplift them. And that Lord, as each of us turn our attention again to the reality and dynamic transformational truth that Jesus, you have risen from the dead. May the truth of your resurrection live in us. May the truth of your resurrection live through us. And may the truth of your resurrection transform us. And so my brothers and sisters, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, God bless you all. Amen.